Welcome to Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. Let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome back to Your Pursuit of Happiness. The funds industry in Ireland has gone from strength to strength, and today we're joined by an industry leader, Karen Malone. Karen is the founding partner and CEO of Centaur. With offices in Europe and North America, Centaur delivers independent fund administration and regulatory services worldwide. Here's Karen sharing her insights with Paul. Karen, thanks a million for joining us on a cold and wet Tuesday afternoon. Could we start off maybe give us a bit of a background on, on yourself? Sure, Paul. And first of all, thank you for having me today. I'm delighted. Um, so just a brief intro into Karen. Um, I'm um, a Dubliner. Born, reared, lived in Dublin pretty much all my life. Um, I'm one of five children, a middle child. Um, I'm now married, I have two children, two teenage children, um, and I'm also an accountant by background, a qualified accountant. Um, On a personal level, um, I strive, I guess, in all aspects of life, um, you know, whether it's work or family or sport, I strive to do the best I can at, at, at anything and I'm happy to uh, you know, take a challenge. Mm. Um, if I talk a little bit about my career, um, maybe that started with a challenge I suppose. I left school after my leaving cert as most people did um, in the late 80s and had a decision, do I go to college, do I get a job, what do I do? Um, so I, like a lot of people I know at the time, sat at home in my back garden in the summer days uh, writing letters I guess to potential um, employers at the time, starting with having a fond interest in insurance, having a fond interest in investments, dot, 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 having a fond interest in banking, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much many, many letters to many, many potential people to try and get a job. Um, I was very fortunate, um, Irish life, I guess, at the time, the series of aptitude tests, interviews, mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, um, I was very fortunate to get a job, not just in Irish life, but actually in their investments team. Um, I didn't realise what that meant at the time, but I guess looking back now, in hindsight, it started me in the world of finance. Mm. I always loved maths, I always loved kind of business, um, but it really kick-started me in terms of where, what direction I was going to take yeah. in my professional career, I guess. Um, Irish Life was a great place for me at the time, taught me lots of things. Um, it was like my college, I suppose, I put myself through college at night to, to get my accountancy qualification. Um, worked dog hours, 12, 14 hour days, pretty much the whole time I worked there. Yeah. Um, but I was surrounded by a great group of people, great mentors, uh, made great friends, played tons of sport, really, really enjoyed the whole introduction, I suppose, to the world of finance. Um, even though it was, was tough um, from a you know, commitment, uh, people sometimes talk about work-life balance. Um, I'm not sure that means you have to cut one out to have the other. I mm. think it's a, you enjoy both, and if you can enjoy both equally, um, the hours don't really matter at the end of the day. Um, so moving on from there, I, I got an opportunity to work at Chase Manhattan Bank. They were growing their funds practice in Dublin at the time. Um, joined there with it was about 50, 55 people, progressed through um, and uh, as a manager. Um, so got experience working with a large, more global organisation, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, more global than Irish Life, um, dealing with people in other countries, uh, did, took, to, took some very serious management training actually in the US, um, and really, I suppose, felt that my career was, was starting to take shape in the finance industry. 
1997, I guess, I was 26, uh, decided after working for seven and a half years in Ireland, uh, having not travelled, um, which a lot of people, I guess, were doing, mm. and having qualified as an accountant, I managed to secure a job in Bermuda, um, which thought when I landed on the island of Bermuda I was never going to leave. I loved every minute of it. Um, one of the really good things for me, I guess again looking back, um, I got an opportunity to work with people from many different um, countries. Um, now in this day and age people talk and spend a lot of time looking at how to diverse mm. their, works, their workforce. Um, actually in an island like Bermuda it happens a bit naturally yeah. um, it's a small place a lot of the work um, the workforce comes from other countries um, so I found myself managing a team of you know 30 people that was very diverse mm -hmm. um, which in the 90s was probably you know quite special mm -hmm. um, taught me a lot um, both in terms of managing um, you know people from different backgrounds different culture um, some challenges obviously as a, as a new manager um, but actually, um, in hindsight, when I look back, it actually really helped that business grow, um, having that diverse uh, workforce there. Um, as I mentioned, I had no plans immediately to come back, um, but the company had big growth plans. They were starting uh, looking at other locations for growing their business. As I said, they were a relatively small business in Bermuda, uh, but growing uh, in the fund space. So in a year later, actually, I was 27, I was asked to come back and be the managing director of Hemisphere's um, Irish uh, operation, a regulated business. So I took that business through the regulatory approval process, um, grew the business, I suppose, from, you know, initially four staff uh, that I hired actually in Ireland, brought them to Bermuda for training before I left, came back, started the business, and over a period of, I guess, nine years, that business was acquired initially by Vices, then it was bought, yeah. bought, bought by uh, Citibank. Um, so the business that I ultimately ran then for Citibank had over 600 people. It was you know, second largest administrator in yeah. the world. Um, I was part of a, a team, though, an executive management team across the hemisphere, the old hemisphere business. Yeah. We were part of an exec team. And a couple of us, um, my business partners now, uh, decided in 2009 um, that there was an opportunity really in, in our space, in, in the service space and what we do for a business um, to, to come out and really stand out as a client service led um, uh, service provider. Mm -hmm. So we set up Centaur in 2009, um, not the best year of yeah. course to set up a business in the financial world, yeah. uh, but in hindsight again, you know, 10 years on, um, not a bad time actually. We were able to see and make decisions that actually suited the way the world was. Yeah. So uh, took space for a handful of people as opposed to a massive yeah, amount yeah. of you know, premises. Um, a lot of people took a big chance on us if you think about it. You know, we were new um, and I really respect the people that gave us, you know, gave us their, their trust I suppose and yeah. came and worked for us. It was a nervy time. Uh, Paul, very nervy time for a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of people were hunkers down, tried mm -hmm. to hold on to what they had. Yeah, um, so, you know, we were very fortunate to attract some, um, you know, good talent still with us today, mm -hmm. have been very loyal, have helped us get to where we are um, in, in the business. Um, so, yeah, it's a, an interesting path and journey. So, mm -hmm. 10 years on, I suppose, Centaur um, is now operating actually out of nine uh, locations. Yeah. Uh, which is phenomenal growth in 10 years, really happy. 
Um, we've over 140 staff, um, still relatively small compared to some of our competitors, but what we like about the business and the model is that we're, we still are true to the whole client service, yeah. um, what we set up for. We've never lost a client um, in, in terms of you know, service, yeah. uh, which is fantastic in our business yeah. and a credit to all of our staff. Um, so yeah, so that's where we kind of are now, this 10 year sort of milestone for us. And in 2009, when you set up Centaur with the, the kind of client focus, I suppose that was after an awful lot of consolidation in the industry, like PLC Yeah, and that's, that's probably what sparked it, Paul, to be honest, that. right? So there was a lot of, a lot of acquisitions, uh, yeah. a lot of consolidation. We ourselves had been newly acquired by City, yeah. so Bice has sold their business to City in 2007. Um, you know, and we were sitting, running, having responsibility for these businesses where yeah. we had clients that were not expecting much change to mm. take place due to consolidation. So a lot of clients were finding themselves probably in the wrong organisation. They had signed up, and it's not wrong, or it's not right or wrong, yeah. but it's just not where they had signed up um, yeah, yeah. to be serviced from. Yeah, and that, that scale is kind of different. You know, rather than having a, a basis that's a bit more intimate or a hemisphere that's a bit more intimate and client service focused. Yeah. So it's just a different way of... Dude, it's just different. Yeah. I mean, it's lit, it's just, it's, and as I say, it's not right or wrong, it's actually just mm. different. And sometimes, you know, in our industry, clients hire service providers for a particular way of being serviced. Yeah. Um, so that change sparked us to think, well, actually, there's the gap. Yeah. And you know we've 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 again we've been proven right. Yeah. Uh, there is a gap, but there is there was a gap. There probably still is a gap that we can fill. Yeah. Um. You know we're now in the U.S. The last few years we're finding ourselves in that similar gap, yeah. and managing to attract managers that yeah. you know like the type of service that we're here to yeah. offer. And, and nine locations. Like I, I have a bit of a thing for Irish success stories. Mm. And nine locations, hundred and forty people. I, I love it. And um, it's been a huge amount of change in the ten years that you guys have been established. Um, and there's obviously going to be an awful lot more kind of change. What, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, can't wait. I love change. Um, really, change is really the only do. constant. <laughs> change is the only constant. There you go, Paul. Yeah, no, I, I like change. I love, and that's another you know thing that I suppose when Centre was set up, it was the ability to react to change yeah. and react <clears throat> quickly to change. Um, so if we look at kind of a couple of things, we rely very heavily, as you can imagine, on technology. Yeah. It's an enabler for us to deliver the services, albeit we're a service business, we rely very heavily on technology. <coughs> so technology is the fastest, I mean, it, it is it's growing the fastest and we're feeling it. Um, so I would see that there's going to be more and more and more change and whether that's just you know, artificial intelligence, data mapping, data is going to become more and more critical for analysis in businesses like yeah. ours. And, you know, the funds industry generally, you know, there's very good technology. It's probably not moving. The tech is probably not moving as quickly. Yeah. Um, but I think the next 10 years, there's going to be more and more change in that area. So that's that's going to be good. And hopefully cost and things like that will sure. you know, start to, there'll be more efficiencies to be got out of, uh, out of good technology. Yeah. Um, the other key area, and harder to predict, I suppose, is people. Mm. And um, having worked with people for 30 years um, at different levels, me, me being at a different level and different people being at different levels, it's, it's, it's really interesting to embrace the different changes that come up with different generations of, of, of people mm. and having a nice mix of different um, you know, generations of people and different ideas, you can really see it. I know people label the, the different yeah, yeah. generations differently, but 
that's not really important for us it's more around idea generation and making sure that we're listening Mm. Um, and that will feed some of the technology change I think too because when you look at younger people coming out of college instant information is Mm. critical for them so they won't uh, accept if the technology solutions that their employer has isn't instant so they are constantly pushing us um, to make change and it might be small change but it's, it's, it all adds up at the yeah. end of the day. As, as a, a business of 140 in comparison to say a State Street or mm. a SICO, is it easier to change in terms of technology and adopt new practices and all that? Yeah, definitely easier to change generally. Um, I mean in terms of changing technology, we, we actually haven't really changed a lot of our core technology. We started with a blank piece of paper yeah. 10 years ago, we feel we pick best of breed, we're constantly looking. Yeah. Um, what's changing is the technology that we're using. Yes. So the people behind the technology that we use or the way we use the technology mm. is changing. Um, I'm sure it is easier when you're smaller, yeah. obviously you're naturally more nimble. Um, I do think as owner-managers as well, um, whilst we took a lot of risks setting up our own business uh, when we did, one of the things that we noticed about that is you're actually able to make decisions fast, yeah. like really fast. And what, what that's really helped when I go back to the, the change thing, so tech is going to change, continue to change, people will continue mm-hmm. to change. Um, we are operating in a number of regulatory, regulated jurisdictions. Mm. Well, that drives change too, because regulation is, is constantly changing mm. and pushing us. Um, we found that we've been able to react to some of that regulatory change faster than other people mm. in terms of offering new solutions, new services. Yeah. Um, so you can make those decisions much more quickly when you're, when you're yeah. you know, owner-managed, I guess, and you're, you're driving driving your business that way you're constantly just thinking about what makes sense for the business we don't get stuck in long queues of you know it or request forms and all those kind of good things yeah um and thinking about the wider industry i know when i started recruiting hedge was kind of big and it was sexy Mm. and whatever and recently it's private equity and real estate and all that and you talked in the kind contribution did for our report around hybrid funds mm. what, what do you see happening in that kind of that's way? a really i mean that's a, a very good point i mean the the boom when you talk about it was when hemisphere set up yeah. so i found challenging actually to find people with alternative experience yeah, back yeah. In, in the in the 90s then you go through a phase in 2000 where it's you know it's much more broadly yeah. accepted there was a lot more players um Interestingly, the last number of years have really um, this 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 trend. I guess private equity is is, is definitely a bigger flavour mm. at the moment than hedge funds. Um, not for any reason other than they're they're just there's newer, there's more opportunities for mm. people. Um, the hybrid bit is what we find very interesting. So we're a provider that has solutions for both private equity or closed ended funds. Yeah. You know, private equity, real estate, the closed end market and the open-ended market. A lot of our competitors have picked one side or the other. Um, We've invested heavily in people, technology, process to deliver to both because there is a group that sits in the middle Mm. where the actual fund structure has the the attributes of a closed-end or a private equity fund, but it actually trades like an open-ended fund. So to actually service that in one or the other is quite challenging because yeah. the technology doesn't enable that. So to be able to have the two, that you can have a bridge between the two, um, allows people like us, we're not the only ones, but people sure. like Centaur um, to serve as hybrid funds correctly, mm. um, where they have the attributes of both sides. And 
based on you know research, what's happening, trends in the industry, that area is going to continue to mm. grow. Banks aren't lending anymore when you think about it. Really, mm. funds are lending. Yeah. So that's sort of where you have you know funds doing a lot more lending. Credit funds are becoming yeah. much more popular. Yeah. Um, I know you set up Centre with two other co-founders. Um, I am always curious, as a female entrepreneur, were there any specific challenges that you would have seen? Um, difficult question for me because yeah. the answer is no. So um, without cutting the question off, which will say no, um, let me expand a little bit. Um, for me, I mean, the guys I, I work with, um, sometimes we forget what we are we're all different we're mm. actually different nationalities and some of us have different backgrounds so whilst we've all worked in the funds industry uh, one's an English lawyer one's a Canadian accountant and I'm a, an Irish accountant yes. and I'm female um, so we for, for us it's never been an issue um, I've never felt it and probably actually in my whole, whole working career I've never felt it but mm. I do appreciate and understand because uh, I work with other people. Yeah. I obviously mix with other people. I've done quite a bit of work actually um, with uh, different groups. Um, one involved actually our own um, <laughs> Mr. Varadkar, where mm. I did some work with, with, with the government um, and also with the Canadian Prime Minister. I've, I've, I've sat in, in working groups with him yeah. um, on this very topic. So I, I, I think there's still some challenges out there, but I'm not sure it's just female. I think it's just diversity generally. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole sort of area of just inclusion generally needs yeah, yeah. to be considered. Not, not just male, female. I, think. I don't think so. That, no, yeah. I think it's. I, I think it's more around. Um, you know, just you know, no better, no worse. You just treat people equally, and, and I, I have. A, I have a very simple view on it, unfortunately. So I don't have this real theoretical or philosophical view on it because it's mm. never really affected me. My view is quite simple. I just don't see the need for there to be a difference yeah. <laughs> maybe that's not right do you see it changing at all absolutely i mean i think there's a lot of fantastic initiatives out there a lot of yeah. companies are doing a lot of work with respect to making sure um you know i think it, it, it naturally happens sometimes if you don't have an unconscious bias yeah if you're interviewing somebody and you haven't thought about quotas or you haven't thought you know if you pick the, I, I i think naturally it happens yeah i remember attending an event and um, somebody asking me about our interview policy and you know do we have quotas do we and I'm like well no but funny before I went to the event I actually went through our register of employees to see what we were sitting at what the percent and we were nearly 50 50 mm. just through natural process of hiring right hiring the right people for the right job at mm. the right time um, but there I think it's what what's what's changing for the better is the awareness towards it, mm. the awareness towards any of these areas of, 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 of diversity, equality or whatever, is the awareness so that they're, they're, they're people are really more conscious and making sure that they're at least you know, sort of looking to make sure that it makes sense for their business mm. to, to mix, have a mix of people yeah, yeah. and contribution and, 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 and you know, not to, again, I, it's a difficult one. I mean, when I look at even our manager level, when I look at, you know, we're very, very 50-50 yeah. um, in, our, in our company. In terms of centre, when you're looking to hire at, at any level, I suppose, apart from technical skills, mm. what do you look for? Quite a number of things, but I guess if I focus just on, I love, I love to know what people have done in their part-time jobs. Mm. I love to know, you know, what, how they've operated in a in a part-time job, how, what they've thought of it. Is it just a paycheck, or is it, 
whether they're you know <laughs> making burgers or whatever yeah. how serious do they take the job um, did it matter if they were late or early or you know and when you start to talk to people about part-time jobs or did they even have a part-time job mm. in college or whatever you learn so much about somebody's work ethic mm. and regardless of what the actual job itself was I find that that to me is as important not as important I mean obviously technical is important sure. and knowledge and experience and all those kind of things they're important but to differentiate certain can yeah. candidates um, it's great to find out, you know, and again, maybe it's because it's a, it, our business. I see it as my house. I see, I see it as, you know, yeah, yeah. As, as my third child. Um, so for me, um, it's great when you get people who are passionate about what they do, people who want to learn, people who constantly strive. Go back to my opening statement, mm. people who strive to do their best. They don't have to be the best because mm. that's impossible to be the best at everything, but at least to strive to want to succeed and want to get better and want to learn. Mm. Um, they're all nice things if you can find them yeah. in, in the talent that you hire. Sure. Um, in terms of the funds industry in general, you talked about going into colleges and getting finance up on the agenda, etc. What advice would you have to someone who is uh, looking to build a career within the funds industry over the next 10, 20, 30 years? I've had a good experience, so yeah. I would not discourage them, frankly. Sure. I think it's a great... It's a great industry. I think it's very broad. Um, my advice would be, you know, if you are in, an, in a company and you're in a department, let's say, try and expand your knowledge of the other departments because mm. things have become quite siloed in our industry. Yeah. Um, and for us as an employer, that is a bit challenging yeah. um, because certain things have been functionalized, you know, for, for different reasons. Um, but even where things are functionalized or in different sort of disciplines, um, working with colleagues or shadowing colleagues in other departments yeah. is so powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was probably fortunate, like a lot of people um, in, 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 in when with that started when I started, um, there was very little functionalization, yeah. um, even to the extent that nowadays you, you hear different job specs for a fund accountant. Yeah or a fund administrator, mm -hmm. and then a totally different job spec would be the investor services administrator. Yeah. Um, when the funds industry first started, did everything you did there. everything. You were, the, you were the, the accountant or the administrator for a company, a fund, mm -hmm. and you did everything. Um, so to not lose out, I would encourage people um, to be aware of the bigger picture mm. and not always only think of going up within your department. People think progress yeah. is always up the ladder. Yeah. Um, to me, progress is, is also about going out, you know, trying to development, to, to development and, mm. and really understanding how the whole thing fits together. Yeah. Um, because in later time, obviously, you know, that, that's where it becomes important. Yeah. And it also is very rewarding, you know, if you do understand what your colleagues are doing, um, we encourage it a lot and it's for two things one is for staff motivation and mm -hmm. development and the other is for client experience mm -hmm. client service so that people the client is feeling that people know what's going on yeah. um, and equally the staff um, are motivated yeah. to, to keep go back to that point about people who want to learn people yeah. who want to you know progress um, their, their own development. And if you know what the up and downstream impact of what you do is, you're in a much better position as well, I think, to be able to 
Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. And problem solving. You know, people. You know, you, a lot of people spend a lot of time in college nowadays, mm. working in groups, working in teams, yeah. uh, projects, problem solving, case studies, all those kind of good things. And then you go to work, and that's all forgotten. Mm. Um, whereas when you can have uh, teams or people across teams sharing information, yeah. co-working, you know, working together as a group, um, it continues that journey for them in terms of their development. Yeah. But equally for the business, it should lead to better results. Is it trickier uh, in today's Irish market that a lot of stuff seems to be offshored or outsourced? Is it harder to get that kind of granular knowledge or wider knowledge sometimes? It can be um, a challenge um, because what's then left onshore mm. is maybe a you know a piece, yeah. um, but maybe not the detail behind the yeah. piece. And sometimes um, in our industry, as as I'm sure you know. Yeah we rely heavily on data and the data becomes something at the end but mm-hmm. if the data in is not correct then you know you're in a, in a challenging situation so when you don't have the knowledge of the data or mm. where it's coming from it makes it harder to do any analysis mm. um, thereon um, we would have recognized that a long time ago um, we spent a lot of time on training mm. uh, development working with the colleges we have a graduate program the idea being to try and, you know, obviously train our own uh, people. Uh, we're fully endorsed by ACCA as a training um, and uh, and a development um, organization. Um, so a lot of time is spent, I suppose, internally in our organization with the staff, trying to make sure that we're meeting um, the needs of them. And, and, you know, they may not come with all the experience that's yeah. needed, but again, if they come with the aptitude and attitude yeah of wanting to learn, Interior, wanting yeah. to progress, um, then it works. Um, mm. it, it works for the business and it works for the staff. Great. Um, I'm sure you're going to continue to hire over the next few years. If someone is really interested in Centaur after hearing this, what's the best way to find out what you're hiring for and getting in touch? Sure. I mean, we post on um, our website, yep. on LinkedIn. Um, so, yeah, or direct contact. I'm always available. We'll so. stick up links anyway. Great, Karen, thanks a million for your time. Paul, thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. For show notes and other goodies, go to www.toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. That's toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and feel free to rate and review the show. We appreciate your support. See you next time.